Modi government has now brought Andaman Nicobar Islands to our attention, to the nation's attention by naming 21 of these islands. Remember, there are 836 islands, islands, islets, rocky outcrops, all of these are very important and I will tell you how. These are, these constitute the Andaman and Nicobar group of islands. These are India's island territories, sort of in the south and the east of India at the other end of the Bay of Bengal. Now, 21 of these have been named after Paramvir Chakra banners. These are all the Paramvir Chakra banners since India became an independent country and India's own gallantry awards were established. Until then, we had the British awards, like for example, the Victoria Cross. 21 of these are uninhabited islands. Of the 836 islands, rocky outcrops, islets, tiny islands, as I told you, only 38 are inhabited. So that is one thing. So this episode of Cut the Clutter, we'll do, in a way, we'll break it in two parts. So first part, we'll tell you the basics about Andaman Nicobar Islands or island territories. And the second part, we'll talk very briefly, very briefly about the 21 Par Parambir Chakra winners. So maybe we are dividing it into two parts. One is simply about these island territories because we talk too little about India's island territories. So please look at the map again or that part of India again or that part of the seas of Bay of Bengal. These islands are either extensions of the submerged, submerged ridges of Rakhine Mountains in Myanmar. You read about Rakhine Mountains a lot of the times because that is where the Rohingya come from. Rakhine Mountains, so mountains also extend into the seas. So where they emerge out of the seas, that's where these islands are formed. These are either formed by the extensions of Rakhine Mountains or by the Patkai range of mountains. The Patkai range also extends into our Nagaland and our Arunachal Pradesh. So once again, if you see the map of the Bay of Bengal, you will see that just north of our first, first, first in our group of islands, Andaman Nicobar Islands, just, just north of the Andamans, you, you find Cocoa Island. Cocoa Island belongs not to India, it belongs to Myanmar. Between the two, there is a channel. So after Cocoa Islands, you have these Indian territories, Andaman Islands, and then Nicobar Islands, and by the time the Nicobar Islands end, you get almost to Indonesia. So from Myanmar's coast, if you look at this arc of islands until where it ends, that's about a thousand kilometers, or about 600 plus miles. 1000 kilometers, that's how far it goes and remember, I told you why every little island, every little rock matters because once you have that, then you have entitlement to your territorial waters and exclusive economic zones. You see the maramari that goes on in East China Sea, South China Sea where the Chinese are actually conjuring up artificial islands by just dropping stuff into the sea and creating new islands because then they can claim a lot of area around it as territorial waters and much more as exclusive economic zone. That is also the fight between China and Japan in Senkaku Islands where a lot of the islands are rocky outcrops. Nobody lives there but the Chinese want it because they think that once they own one of these places then they get those territorial waters and exclusive economic zones. So every island territory matters enormously now as technologies are improving and, and exploitation of mineral wealth of the seas and oceans is becoming more possible but also, also for strategic re re reasons because if you see this arc 
as it extends southwards by the time it ends in the south the indian territories that is the nicobar island chain from that point the farthest point to which indian island territories that is nicobar that extend from that point to indonesian coastline indonesian territory that's in sumatra is just 90 miles or just over 140 kilometers again again when you see the andaman island group and the nicobar island group between them there is a wide channel of the sea that's called 10 degree channel so on the map it doesn't look so big but that's also about 145 kilometers so right along this territory india has presence it's just that india has had very little, little physical presence historically in these places it's also that india has had very little military presence although there is an island command now but india has had very limited military presence maybe in port blair maybe in andamans areas but a lot of the other islands are completely completely undeveloped and that's now beginning to change because you know what it's often said that why does india need to buy aircraft carriers india has so many unsinkable aircraft carriers and those are the island territories so you find in some of the nicobar islands now mixed development is taking place that's military slash economic that is now happening i know that there is a lot of opposition to it there is a lot of skepticism should you be cutting trees should you be inhabiting these places but the fact is that india is not the one that has turned this zone into strategically such a sensitive zone because 80% of china's imports come in through this route then they go into strait of malacca similarly hundreds of chinese vessels go past this route somebody has to keep an eye on them and somebody also has to let the chinese know that we are presence there so this is the area in which india is now making a very big move to understand a little bit more about how these islands became indian territory they were discovered in a way by the east india company in 1789 the east india company surveyor who discovered them was archibald blair that's why that's why port blair right so a lot of these places were named or islands were named after the famous british which might be in famous in indian history for example one of the islands renamed by the prime minister is havelock island who was havelock general henry havelock he was the commander of the east india company forces that finally captured kanpur or kanpur as it was called and also carried out awful atrocities and also also prevented the complete collapse of east india company's forces in lucknow so the battle of awadh as it was called awadh he was a key figure so certainly he is not somebody that indian history wants to remember kindly but one of the islands was named after him that island has now been renamed so havelock island has been renamed also two other islands ross island and neil island have been re re renamed ross by the way was a marine surveyor so ross island has now become netaji subhash chandra bose dweep that happened in 2018 actually neil island became shaheed dweep and havelock island became swaraj dweep that by the way was the wish of netaji subhash chandra bose because in the second world war the japanese had captured these territories and he had come with the japanese forces there and had unfurled the tricolor there you can say that it was the first time the tricolor or the indian flag was unfurled on indian territory in that war so 1789 east india company dis discovered the islands 1871 these were sort of integrated in the indian territory once again if you want to know the basics of the total of 836 islands 
19 are in Nicobar, of this of which about a dozen are inhabited. Among the islands in the Andaman group, say 26 are inhabited. That's the reason we said 38 are inhabited. And the second part about the 21 Paramvir Chakra winners, very brief, briefly because each one's story is a full story. So if we, do, if we talk about some in detail and not others, that will not be fair. Plus, as I speak on your screens, you will find their Paramvir Chakra citations. So 21 of them. Through them, we will also take a very quick look, a refresher course on India's history of wars or history of India's warfare. India, since we became independent in 1947, has seen many wars, many major wars. 1947-48, the first war of Kashmir. 1962, Chinese invasion. 1965, again the war with Pakistan. 1971, the war of, the war of liberation of Bangladesh. Then we had the Siachen operations, after that Kargil war. So these are wars in which our armed forces were involved with foreign hostiles, not your own rebels. That's why Paramir Chakras are not given to those involved in our own insurgency battles. That's where you get Ashok Chakras, Kirti Chakras, Shore Chakras. These are when you are in a foreign environment or against a foreign enemy. So this also includes, for example, a PVC given in IPKF operations in Sri Lanka and also one in peacekeeping operations in Congo. So I will give you quickly the list of the 21 with maybe a one-line description of each one. So the list begins with Major Somnath Sharma, the first PVC winner in India's history from 4th Battalion of the Kumaon Regiment. That was a posthumous award. That was the Battle of Badgam. That battle saved Srinagar airport from falling into the hands of the rebels. Very crucial battle. And you know what? In Delhi, if you, if you, if you know of a place called Sombihar, that's a multi-story colony where a lot of armed forces, veterans live, and they have their homes. That's named after him. That, that's why it's called Sombihar. Two of his brothers later became generals in the army. One of them, V.N. Sharma, became chief of army staff. So a real Fauji family. Number two, Subedar, an honorary captain, then last Nayak, Karam Singh, he won his Paramvir Chakra, he's from one Sikh, he won his Paramvir Chakra in Tithwal sector in the battle of what was called as Richmar Gali. Now, I, why was it called Richmar? I don't know. Maybe in history at some point, somebody killed a, killed a bear there that is rich. Maybe that is the reason, but Richmar Gali. He was commanding a section there, just about 10 people. They came under attack and fought very bravely and got his and got his Paramvir Chakra there. After that, there is second lieutenant, Rama Raghobarane, an engineer. He was from Bombay Engineers. He in the battle for India to recapture Rajauri because in the first phase, Pakistan, Pakistan, Pakistan and its rebels had captured a lot of the territory in that area. India recaptured Rajauri. There was a lot of obstructions on the way. He was an engineer. He worked under fire to clear those obstructions. Then Nayak Jadunath Singh, Nayak Jadunath Singh, one Rajput, Battle of Noshera, all these are places that we become very familiar with. His was a posthumous award. He also was commanding a section of troops, just about 8 to 10 people. Again, fought very bravely there. Then, Company Havaldar Major Piru Singh. The pictures will run on your screen. Also, the citations. You can take screenshots if you want. Havaldar Major Piru Singh, again posthumous from 6th Rajputana Rifles in the Battle of Tithwal, again commanding a small body of troops there. Now, with this, we have 
concluded the growth of the 47-48 war. In fact, if you look at the history of India's warfare through these 21 PBC awardees, there are five for the two years of fighting in 47-48 for Kashmir. Then there are three in the 1962 war against China. There is one in peacekeeping operations in Congo in 1961. There is two from 1965 war against Pakistan, four from 1971 war against Pakistan again, one in IPKF operations, one for Siachen, and four for Kargil. So if you add all of these up, that adds up to 21 Paramvit Chakras. Now as we go ahead after the 47-48 operations, then we come to Captain G.S. Salaria. Captain Gurbachan Singh Salaria was in 3-1 Gurkha Rifles. So he was commanding a peacekeeping contingent in Republic of Congo then and they were fighting Katangan rebels and they were then surrounded and finally had to carry out like a Khukri charge at those rebels and in that battle he died and he was given a Paramvir Chakra. So the first Indian to win the top gallantry award for carrying out operations overseas and in this case not for India, for the UN. So he, he is an exception like that. Someone else, that is Major R. Parmeshwaran in 1987 in IPKF operations in Sri Lanka also got Paramir Chakra in a foreign land, but he was fighting for his own flag, for his own country. Captain Gurbachan Singh Salaria, much before him, was fighting for the UN. He was in peacekeeping operations. After Captain Gurbachan Singh Salaria, we come to Lieutenant Colonel, then Major Dhan Singh Thapa. Now, Dhan Singh Thapa was commanding a post not far from where later Major Shatan Singh fought in the famous Battle of Rizangla. So, he was also defending one of these positions which stood sentinel to approaches to Pangong Lake and also Sirijap. All these places became familiar to us in 2020 as the Chinese came knocking at our doors sort of rudely. So, he defended his post quite bravely. He was believed to be dead. He was believed to be dead and given up for dead and was given his award and later he came back and in fact for a long time, not until very long ago, he was employed by the Sahara group. Then we come to the other familiar name that is Major Shatan Singh of Rizangla fame where a company of India's 13th Kumau Regiment fought to almost to last man, last bullet, right? Major Shatan Singh story, you know very well. He was the other one from 1962. And then there is Subedar Juginder Singh, who died defending the crucial little pass of Bumla. Now, Bumla is a location between Namka Chu, where the Indian troops faced the first assault by the Chinese and suffered very badly because they were outnumbered, outgunned, etc. Between Namka Chu and Tawang lies Bumla. And that is where he fought, again with a very small unit there less than a platoon, just about 20 people and finally died in a bayonet charge. So, Juginder Singh, Parambir Chakra, Shatan Singh, I told you, Dhan Singh Thapa, I told you, these are all 1962. Then we come to 1965, Company Quartermaster Abdul Hamid, you know, four grenadiers, you know, the Battle of Asaluttar, which is probably the most critical battle that Indian armed forces have fought in our independent history. Because if the Pakistani assault, which was quite brilliant there and quite audacious because they had unleashed their best and the largest tank forces in that battle and initially made a lot of gains. And at some point of time, if you read the history of that period, it looked like 
our side was losing its nerve and wanted to withdraw because there was a belief that we will not be able to defend because Pakistanis were so superior both in numbers and firepower. But they were all, there are always Indians who will then put their hands up and fight. One of those was Company Quartermaster Abdul Hamid who got onto a recoilless gun jeep and fought the tanks. Now you can read the citation, I will not go into the details. So that was 1965 or Company Quartermaster Abdul Hamid. There was also Colonel A.B. Tarapur, Ardeshir Burjorji Tarapur from 17th or Pune Horse, one of the legendary cavalry battalions of Indian Army. Before partition used to be called Queen Victoria Zone. He died fighting in the Battle of Chabinda slash Philora. That is the toughest battle that the Indian armor fought while attacking in the 65 war. In fact, a Pakistani general, General Mahmood Durrani, who later became Pakistan's national security advisor. At this point, he was a young officer and while we were on a track to meeting, he mentioned to me on one of the walks that, look, in that war, I saw one audacious and brilliant move made by your tanks. And that was the unit led by Colonel Tarapur. So Colonel Tarapur got his Paramvit Chakra there, which brings us to 1971, Lansnaik Albert Eka, 14 guards, Battle of Hilly. Now remember, in, the, in a war, in any war, there is always the other side. So winners write the history of the war. So history of the 1971 war has been written. We just see this picture of the surrender and looks like the Pakistanis never fought. But there were sectors where Pakistanis fought like hell, even in the eastern sector. And one of those was Hilly sector. In fact, in fact, even when surrender happened, Hilly, which is not that far, not that deep inside Bangladesh territory or what was then East Pakistan territory, the Pakistani brigade was still fighting. It was in those bitter battles that last night Albert Eka sacrificed his life and won his Paramvit Chakra. Major Hushyar Singh, 3rd Grenadiers, again he was fighting not far from where Tarapur may have fought in the previous war. That was the Sialkot Shagargad sector. He was leading his company there, fought very bravely. Then. Second Lieutenant Arun Khetrapal, again the same area of Basantar, where you had Major Hushar Singh, because those were very bitter battles in the western sector in 1971. And once again, from the same famed regiment, Puna Horse, 17th, 17th Horse or Puna Horse or formerly Queen Victoria's own, the same regiment that Colonel Tarapur came from. Which brings us to the lone IAF PVC winner, that is Flying Officer Nirbaljit Singh Sekho from 18th Squadron of Indian Air Force, then Flying Nats, 18th Squadron is called Flying Bullets. His heroism lay in the fact that while his airfield came under attack, he took off to defend it. There were two aircraft, two Nats, which were to take off to defend it. The, the third one got disoriented, so was not able to join the defensive battle. But, but Seiko himself went up against six aircraft, it doesn't matter who he shot down and who shot down who. But the fact is that he broke the attack by a six-saber force that had come in from Pakistan Air Force. And he died in that battle in the air, which finishes this history of 1971 and brings us to IPKF. IPKF, 1987, Major Ramaswamy Parmeshwaran, again caught in an ambush in November of 1987, died in the ambush, fought very bra bravely. His unit came under huge ambush and they, they tried to fight their way out of it and in that bitter battle he sacrificed his life. He was from 8 Mahar. In the same year, Naib Subedar Bana Singh 8 JNK Light Infantry. Remember, he took that famous 
Kayad Post. Kayad Post at 6,500 meters. That is the highest position in the Siachen region. So he took that post after a heroic battle when he and his troops actually climbed a sheer Himalayan wall and surprised the Pakistanis. That post or that position is even now called Bana Top. That's a more familiar story, which brings us to Kargil. And all these stories are much too familiar, so I will not go into too much detail. You know, Captain Vikram Batra involved in the battles of point five one four zero four eight seven five, one who gave that famous line, Ye Dil Mange More, 13, 13 JNK rifles, then Lieutenant Manoj Pandey, 111 Gurkha rifles, posthumous award, as, is Vikram, as was Vikram Batra's. He took the Khalubar top in Batalik sector, Subedar Major, then rifleman <coughs> Sanjay Kumar, who also got his Parambir Chakra while taking flat top, a position called flat, flat top, Subedar Major, honorary captain, then rifleman Yogendra Singh Yadav, who, who was part of a Ghatak platoon of 18 grenadiers that helped take Tiger Hill. So these 21 are the brave Indians after whom these islands have been named. And as I told you, as we run through the list of these 21, we can pretty much also see the history of India's warfare since 1947.